Hello and welcome to Coffee with Grey Mass. I am Tony Licavulli and I'll be your host today. This week we are joined by the Antelope community's favorite developer, Aaron Cox. Why, hello there. And today we're going to be talking about Unicove. So I could go into a little bit about what Unicove is here, but I think Aaron will do a much better job of doing that. So Aaron, what, what exactly is Unicove? It is a magical place with unicorns. Yay! Um, <laughs> it is it is a web wallet at its core, like just as a, like a technical term. Um, it is not a place that stores keys, but it is a user interface to let you manage, um, you know, tokens and resources and other things that are kind of native to an antelope-based blockchain. Um, think of it as like things you'd expect in um, like a full desktop wallet or something like that, where you can send and receive tokens. Uh, you could buy network resources, which hopefully you won't have to do because we have, you know, systems that make that kind of thing easier, um, as well as participate in other, you know, uh, official systems to the network. So considering that Anchor does... Um some of the, or at least Anchor Desktop does some of these features already. What led you to want to create Unicove? There's a lot of reasons. Um, on the gray math side, I mean, at that point in time, our team was about half the size it is today. And we had desktop iOS and Anchor, or and Android versions of Anchor. And those, like, if we wanted to add a new feature, like, let's say... I don't know, sending some other kind of token or like power up, like power up was introduced. Um, we would have had to have gone and implemented that on three different applications. Um, and that's, that's a lot of effort. So in order to get to the point where we only had to update it in one thing, we made the decision that we were going to move that outside of anchor, focus anchor to be purely an authenticator and then kind of dog food our, like what we were encouraging other developers to do, which is, you know, like, hey, integrate Anchor into your application so that way your users can benefit from the security of Anchor. Um, so we decided to kind of just drop Anchor down to the authenticator level feature. Like, you know, you are approving things in it. You're not actually doing things in it. And um, move all of that out to this web application. Like it was originally kind of the gray mass web wallet. We thought about calling it Anchor, um, but we ran with Unicove as kind of the branding and published it as its own independent thing that'll someday be usable with other wallets besides Anchor. Um, we want it to be kind of that wallet interface you'd see in a block explorer or you'd see in like a full-fledged web wallet, except with the benefits of being able to use an external key storage device, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I use it quite a bit, uh, especially in, you know, I recommend people there and point people there all the time for support cases. Um, and it is a super handy tool, um, especially with, being able to uh, to grab resources now it has a great potential for for something further down the road. So uh, you mentioned the the, the branding. What, what was the general meaning behind that? Like what what were we what were we kind of going for as far as um, how why the why the site's kind of laid out the way it is or the uh, uh, the branding that we ended up going with? Well, when we we did an anchor for you know a couple of years before this, and we were 
like one of the themes with the anchor branding was we wanted it to be safe and give you a sense of security and it needed to be serious. Um, so we almost went like a bank like direction where, you know, here's a clean symbol, here's a name, here's a, here's something that you can start to build trust in. Like this is what helps secure your account. Uh, on Unicove, on the other hand, um, we didn't need to be so serious and so fun. And so that's why we kind of just went out into the wild and we're like, what crazy fun thing can we do? Uh, and that's why we ended up with kind of the, uh, the half unicorn, half mermaid thing, which is kind of funny because both of those are half something and half something else. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was like an attempt to kind of inject a little bit of fun into it and not be so serious because this application, like it, it doesn't have to be as serious. It doesn't have to be the application that you use. It is one of hopefully many applications that you can use with your more serious application. You know, like your password manager is not something that's fun. You don't. You don't see fun branding around a password manager, but you may log into a fun website with your password manager. Sure. So we wanted to, we were bored being so serious with Anchor. <laughs> we're like, let's have some fun. So that's why we have just the fun logo. The colors are a little bit more vibrant and fun. Um, and we then really just kind of focused in on the user experience of it. I mean, really, if you look at Unicode today, it's pretty simple. Like we do now offer the ability to create accounts on the site, but its primary function is to help you manage your tokens. It shows you your balance and it lets you send and receive them. Like that is, that is the number one thing that is done on that site. And like we put a lot of care and attention into the user experience of how that went. And there's a lot that we still want to do with that. Uh, like for example, one of our original design goals with it was to have a contact system where you had like, let's say you could add your exchange as a contact. And then it was part of, you know, when you're going to send a token, you could just pick it from your list of contacts, type in an amount, and it would know how to perform that transfer. Or like, if I wanted to send you tokens, I could add you as a contact. And there was this trustless system um, that would be kind of this interplay between Anchor and Unicove where your contacts could exist in both. Uh, that system never got fully fleshed out, but it's still something we'd like to do with it. But the, like, just this, this brand and this ease and this fun was kind of the, the trajectory with it. And since then, since we've added account creation, it's really turned into this, this thing where we're just trying to make it an onboarding tool now. Mm -hmm. It like, if somebody wants to come to EOS or Wax or Telos or any of the networks that is supported here, the ultimate goal with Unicove is to be able to send them there and be like, hey, did you want an account? Did you want to use these networks? Did you want to do a thing? You can start here. This is a good starting place for that activity. And then we can lead you into Anchor when you're getting more serious. Mm -hmm. um, that full vision isn't realized at this point. Um, right now, it's pretty much just the web wallet, but the the potential is still there, and it's still something we talk about and think about a lot. Sure, and I I, I like the differentiation between Unicove and Anchor as almost a, a, a the bank versus the the fun that you do with what you do at the bank. You know, um, you know, not many doors are 
you know, uh, or, or locks on doors are not exactly the most attractive thing on a house, you know, uh, or, or any, anything that you're locking for that matter. But what's, once you get through that lock and you do the serious stuff, then yeah, all the fun stuff's inside. But the, the thing that I, I really enjoy about Unicove is that it is, it's, it's understated as simple UI can be, I guess it, it there, there's, um, it's the having the ability to do as much as you can on Unicove with it feeling very unassuming. It doesn't feel complicated or complex. You're not presented with 13 menus to get to what you want. It's all right there. You know, if you want to send and receive, you click send and receive. You need resources, you click resources. It's the simplicity of it, along with the kind of fun uh, UI elements. It just makes it a nice place to be. And, and that sounds like such a strange thing, strange thing on a website. You know, you think of like, you know, if you're going to go to a, a, a hotel or you're going to go to a vacation spot, you, you want the place that you're staying to be someplace that you want to be, someplace that you want to uh, uh, spend your time. And even if that's an office, if it's your desk or whatever, you know, where you're spending your time, you want to be someplace enjoyable. And so it's odd to put that, attribute that kind of feeling to a website or an application, but it, it does feel that way. It's not a an over-encumbered kind of solution. It's It's very simple and light, but I think there's a dare I say elegance to that, um, let alone the ability to walk that tightrope. Yeah, it is not the uh, the drawer in the kitchen that you open up that has thousands of tools that you need to right. dig through to find the one you want. It is the select the very nice chef's knife that you have sitting on the counter in its little holder that is for that one purpose it's like yeah. it's the thing that you use the most and you want it to function really well so like you take really good care of that and you don't just throw it in the drawer with everything else mm-hmm. um it is it's it's that very common purpose built thing so and we're like if you get into the nitty-gritty of the site um you'll you'll notice things like we have it set up so you can do transfers without ever clicking your mouse if you want. Like those that are in the kind of um, accounting side of things or the financial industries, like they, they're they used to just doing numbers and like quickly moving through with key presses and things like that. So we've taken the like time to actually make that possible within this interface. It automatically focuses you on the areas that need your attention while only presenting you one piece of information at a time, except at the end when you're reviewing all of the information and confirming. There was a lot of thought that went into like, how do we, how do we take the, all the best that we've learned from the kind of the traditional financial industry and kind of apply it to token transfers for sending and receiving and get all the other complexities out of the way. Um, We're hoping to be able to do that with other things like, you know, uh, account history, like you really should be able to go in and look at the transactions you've done over the last year that sure. are relevant to the token, to kind of the system itself. It might not track if you have like some crazy banana coin or like a collection of NFTs, like those aren't standardized things in the network, but it will, it should be able to do that for the native token itself, the, the kind of the, the root of the blockchain, the thing that powers everything else. So there's there's a lot of room to grow in that, but really it's to be your your portal into the basics of the blockchain, and then hopefully uh, like a launch board into other things that you can do. 
Like it may not do everything fun. It'll do everything elegantly. And then it'll help you find other fun things to do. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the whole thing about people in the financial industry being able to jump between fields quickly. It's a, a big development thing as well, where there are a lot of people who want to stay on their keyboard as much as humanly possible, whether it's developers or uh, I've, I've even met quite a few uh, are, are digital artists that will stick everything on shortcut keys and be able to and program functions into ridiculously overly complicated keyboards uh, in order to keep their hands on the keyboards as much as humanly possible. Um, obviously, that's also a big dev thing as well. So um, having that kind of ability is often it's one of those overlooked things that I really appreciate that we have that attention to detail for. I have a game that I play regularly and it is annoying that when I click to add a player to the game, it doesn't automatically move my cursor over to, uh, to the text box. So those little tiny things are so often overlooked for more flashier things on websites, but I think that's kind of our dedication to UI showing, uh, and, yeah. and being, you know, regarding that as, as something that is so important to us. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's such a big thing. We're trying to like boil this kind of stuff down to the fundamentals. And you can see that in the shift in direction that Anchor has gone as well. It's like it's, it's going to do one thing really well. And it might have some other things in the wings that help with that one thing. And the Anchor Authenticator, you know, the mobile versions you see today are kind of the evolution of what Anchor Desktop was with that same mentality. And Unicove really plays a big part in that. Unicove being like, we want you to manage your account essentially here. This is your homepage for the blockchain itself, not all the other things you can do with it, but for the core thing. It's, it's trying to do one thing and do it well. And that one thing is manage your account and create your account. So Unicove offers quite a few different things for users. Um, you know, we handle, we can handle transfers. We can also handle account creation. What are some other things that Unicove can do for users? One of kind of the, the missing pieces that we've been working on for a while now is, you know, we, to begin with, for a fresh user, we can, you can pay to create an account and we've integrated traditional payment processors. So that way you can, you know, use Apple pay or credit card or whatever to get the account created. Cause there's a cost associated with that. Um, and then you can manage it, but like, what do you manage if you don't have any tokens? One of the kind of the missing pieces there was the, like how you get tokens. Um, and that's a really big part of onboarding uh, brand new users. And with kind of this seeking to be a portal and seeking to onboard users, that was a problem we started trying to figure out maybe in the summer or something like that. Um, so now we're introducing a new feature where you can actually buy tokens from within inside the app through the partners that we're coming, uh, we're integrating into the app. The first one being Banksa, which the new version of Unicove is going to have a new sidebar item that just says get tokens. And you can click that and then you can use Banksa directly within Unicove to purchase tokens directly within. They will go to your account. Banksa knows who you are because Unicove is telling uh, telling them. Um, it's telling them your account name specifically. We don't know anything else about you, but it'll know that like, hey, I logged into Unicove with a Wax account. 
I want to buy wax tokens and here's my account name. So you go through their processes, which include some KYC, uh, payment information and all of that kind of stuff. And then you can just say, I want $100 worth of wax tokens to go buy this cool, shiny new thing or to play this game or to um, do whatever it is you want to do with those wax tokens. It'll also be available for EOS. So those are the two networks that Banksa uh, supports at this time. Hopefully that will expand over time as the Antelope community grows. Um, and then that'll really let Unicope be this place where not only can you buy an account to get started and you can manage that account, but you can also top it up with tokens whenever you need them. So for everybody playing along at home, you know, so a little bit about Banksa, uh, Banksa is a you know third-party provider. They're known for providing an easy way to buy and sell crypto. Uh, they operate globally, and uh, they have over 100 million users through different exchanges, wallets, and apps. They're one of the more popular third-party providers out there, and uh, we're happy to be working with them. All right, so if you can buy and uh, use coins in Unicove, does that mean it also stores our coins? Um, and more, most importantly, are they actually safe there? Yeah. I mean, with the way that Unicove works, Unicove is, it's just an interface to your account on the blockchain. And with the way it exists right now, only working with Anchor, all of your keys and all of your security still falls back to Anchor. So while you're using the Unicove site, and like, let's say you bought some EOS tokens, like those tokens are going to your account, which is still secured by Anchor. It's not like those tokens actually sit in some centralized uh app of some kind, or they are associated to Unicove in any way. They are they are secured by Anchor. So you're as safe as your Anchor is, is as safe as these new tokens are. Well, as safe as, yeah, and as safe as pretty much putting anything else on your account. So if you're to get an NFT yep. from Atomic Hub, it's, it's still going directly to your account. Um, it, it's one of the unique things. If I, you, you mentioned it earlier about how as far as the Unicove side is concerned, the only thing that gets given is your account name because you logged in with it. And that's literally the only piece of personal information that we provide. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's literally as uh, you know. Yes, there is an extensive KYC process, and but that's going to be with anybody these days. So, um, but again, we don't get any of that information. It, it, it is doesn't even touch our system at all. So. Um, again, we, that's a big, big priority for us is making sure that we don't keep your information. We don't want it. <laughs> we don't, it's not, it's not that your information isn't good. I'm sure it's great information. We're just not interested in it. Yeah. That's for being as small of a team as we are, that's a realm we don't want to wander into is having to hold and secure your information on something of, that we run. Um, you know, we give you anchor. Anchor is on your device only. We don't ever see what you're doing with Anchor. There's no, uh, there's not even any analytics in Anchor. It's just, it's running on your device and your device just runs that software to control this stuff. And when you log into Unicove, the only thing Anchor is telling Unicove is your account name and how to talk to your wallet. So it's like everything you see throughout the banks of process that is all on Banks's side. So like we we don't control that port part of the app. Um, we work with them to integrate that into Unicove. 
um, and we'll continue to work with them. We'll kind of learn what our users like and dislike and see what um, feedback we can help provide to banks that help improve their experience as well. Um, it is it is going to be a good relationship. Uh, hopefully we can expand this in the future. We have some ideas of different ways that we might be able to work together to help even further improve the user experience um, using Unicove. But this was really the first step um, in getting an on-ramp in place. So that way, again, you know, you're using Unicove. We want like you to a brand new user that's coming to the ecosystem to be able to use this thing. They can create their account there. They can then manage that account and then they can top it up uh, all in just one central place that really is just a DAP. Like other people could replicate this as well and do a better job if they uh, put the time and effort into it just to provide that competition, to provide that innovation, to provide that... Um, additional redundancy in the ecosystem. So hopefully uh, with Unicode being a completely open source app and us doing this work, it'll kind of highlight how this could be done um, and just kind of provide lots of little benefits to the ecosystem that you know may not be immediately noticeable by the average user. Well, I think it, it goes back to the whole idea of us dog fooding our own stuff. Um, you know, Unicove was essentially a, a test bed for how these interactions would work uh, on a site. And yet, like you said, it, it, it just proves out that this is, works. And if somebody wanted to replicate it, it's all right there for them to, to take a look at. So if you don't like something about Unicove, cool, go make it and make it better, you know, um, or tell us and, and or make stuff for Unicove. <laughs> Maybe we can yeah. integrate it. Um so, I mean, it's, it's that kind of collaborative process, but again, at the end of the day, it's, it's the user's portal, right? So, you know, if, if there's a feature that, a you know, somebody wants, then if it's a widely wanted feature, then it's something that we could take a look at. But again, being yeah. open source, people are free to, to collaborate on this. Yeah, exactly. And it really is, it's a test bed in so many different ways. This is kind of one of them, but even looking at Wharf, which we haven't talked a whole lot about in the podcast, but Unicove is going to be a test bed for Wharf in the future as well. It's mm -hmm. it's going to be another way that we dog food our own products to build a new product. Um, it's this long chain of mixed flavored dog foods. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, Anchor is something we built, and then we built Unicove to dog food Anchor, and now we're building Wharf, and we're going to dog food Wharf with inside Unicove to help prove that like all of these tools work together in this really easy to use and cohesive ecosystem of tooling, so that way other people can do the same thing, which will lead towards uh, easier development and more adoption of these technologies. It's 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 painful sometimes because you know like you do we kind of i touched on this earlier you look at unicove and you're like there's nothing here there's mm -hmm. so little that you can actually do with it but it's because like the under the foundation of all of it that's shared between all of these projects is is what we're primarily focused on yeah. it is it is setting that foundation so that way something like unicove and something like anchor can actually achieve uh, a greater adoption than we see today it can be 
um, the prototype for what could be in the future. So Aaron, what do you see in the future for Unicove? Are users going to be able to do more than what is available now? Yeah, we have quite a backlog of things that we'd like to add to the site. Uh, timing is always an issue just because we have so many things cooking. Um, I kind of touched on a few of them earlier, like the account history. You should really be able to see what your account has done uh, in a really digestible manner. Right now we have block explorers, which is, you know, that's where we direct everybody these days. Like go look up your account on a block explorer and look through the history. Um, it's all the block explorers are very, very kind of technical to the average user. That's a lot of the feedback we get. It's not as easy as uh, looking at your bank statement or something like that. Um, so we want to kind of take a radically different approach to account history in Unicove and make it more human readable. Remove a lot of the, the scary technical stuff and actually just make it so that it is something the average new user is going to understand that'll actually be useful for them. Um, we'd like to be able to add in other systems for governance, um, for voting, for earning on networks that have kind of earning protocols. Uh, we, have a, we have designs for a lot of these already done. It's just the implementation itself we haven't had the time to get around to. Um, the contact system, like I mentioned earlier, has been something that I personally am really passionate about. Uh, I always... Like if I'm using Unicove and I'm doing a transfer, I like triple check the account name as I'm entering it. And then I go through and I enter the amount and the memo. And then on the confirm screen, I look at the account name again and quite often the memo and like letter by letter, make sure it's the right thing and something didn't get screwed up because, you know, this is crypto. And if you yeah. send to the wrong place, there's a chance you might not get it back. Um, so contact solves that. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and give you that chance to just like do that thorough check once and then trust that it is like, it's the same thing each time and you don't have to constantly be checking it over. So there's a lot and yeah, I don't know what's coming next to be honest, but one of those things, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny because when you mentioned, you mentioned this earlier in, uh, about, uh, about block explorers and how block explorers kind of take that Swiss army knife approach and try to handle everything, but they also like bombard you with everything. So if I wanted to go look up my account, let's say on uh, blocks, for instance, there is a search field that I can put something into. And if I manage to find that, then, <laughs> you know, then, uh, then I'm presented with multiple pages of, of text that, you know, talk about everything and anything related to my account. When, at, well, I was just doing this yesterday when I was uh, uh, going through for uh, my invoices and whatnot and trying to just get to what my account has done from a very, you know, I'm trying to see all of my deposits from a particular user or, or contract in this case or whatever. And it is, it's difficult, you know, granted I have a little bit of experience with it, so it's not that bad, but for an average user, it's, it's, it's word salad. You know, there's, there's just a lot of data and a lot of information there. And I think that simplicity in UI design really, really shines at something like this, where we understand that having all those capabilities are great. And if you ask most people, they'll have a Swiss army knife and they've only used the knife. <laughs> so the, yeah. the can opener and the, you know, all the other stuff, 
know, maybe if you have like a Gerber, you use a pliers or Leatherman or something like that, but it's only, you're still only using those primary tools. So for those of us that aren't using every single tool in the box, it's a lot easier and a lot more comforting, I would say, and more, uh, puts me more at ease when to deal with uh, a little bit less information, you know, it, it, it just makes anything to make this whole process in, in any you know, on any blockchain, anything to make the process simpler and easier is always a welcome thing. And it will absolutely draw new users every time. You know, I'm always afraid when I'm giving like a user support, like somebody's like, hey, this isn't working. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, how do I, how do I help them figure out the problem? Mm-hmm. And the minute, like part of the solution is, I need you to go to a block explorer and look this up on your account. I'm like, terrified that I'm going to drive this user away (laughs) because I know that like they're already confused or like frustrated with something that should be so simple. And now I'm Mm -hmm. throwing them kind of into the deep end and I'm just like, Hey, go to this database viewer thing (laughs) that shows all this random numbers and letters that are going to scare you. And like, Oh, we just, we really need a place that is a, a little bit more user friendly and that again kind of leans into the whole mission of Unicove as a product. It is like let's let's find the easiest ways to do these things and um, just get rid of all the extra tools or at least hide them a little bit yeah. and then give yeah. them the ones that they need the most. Mm-hmm. Like make that judgment call as a development team as to what we think people need and then listen to feedback and adjust mm-hmm. as appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking on the, on the blocks thing, it, it's, it's, I, I, whenever I'm helping users with support cases, it is, I, I almost will try to avoid just saying, Oh yeah, go to blocks.io and, or go to, you know, EOSX.io and, you know, enter in your account. Usually it's okay. You know, if this is your account name, then here, let me give you a link <laughs> exactly where you need to go. And uh, uh, that sometimes makes things a little bit easier, but usually doing support in in uh, uh, in this space is like trying to help somebody with an arm tied behind your back, you know, especially on something like Anchor, where the whole point of everything is to not have your data and not be able to provide that to people, but also not us not knowing. Yeah. And us not having to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we all, and, and it's, and that's the thing is like, you don't want to ask because you don't, you only want to ask for exactly the right amount of data that you need and anything beyond that, you know, even though it's helpful, it's you're, you're compromising now. So it, it and it, it's, it's a tricky, uh, tricky wicket for sure to, to yeah. get through. Cause you don't know if the person you're talking to has like $10 <laughs> or a million dollars. And it's like, well, if they're the person, yeah, let alone if they're the actual person that has the account. Yeah. Yeah. It could be somebody that's pretending to be somebody else. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, while we're talking about new users, uh, if a new user wanted to start using Unicove, um, what would they need to do? Currently you can actually get started on Unicove. If you're logged out, there is a create account process. Um, that lets you pick the network you want. Uh, I think we support four networks at this point, EOS, Wax, Telos, and Proton. Mm -hmm. Um, And it will walk through the process of purchasing an account uh, using, we use Stripe for that, so it accepts credit cards. 
Um, and it's either 99 cents or $1.99. Like those are kind of our, the two payment tiers that we can actually do credit card payments with. We can't get smaller than that. Um, and then you can pay for an account to be created on those networks that then will lead you through the process to get started in Anchor. Um, currently, that's the only flow we have. It would be nice if we didn't you know, require the usage of Anchor and you could use other wallets for that. Um, but just for the sake of dog fooding our own products, again, we that's the flow we use. So that's how you actually get an account. And then once you're set up in Anchor, you can just come back to Uniclove and click login. And then you will either scan a QR code or click a button and you are logged in. Um, you probably at that point will have no tokens, which leads us, which really justifies why we've explored it and gone through and come up with this partnership is because that is a really crucial part into it. Because otherwise we're just dropping new users into an interface where they don't have anything and can't do anything. Yeah. Like we kind of solved uh, step one of the onboarding process and step two was kind of in limbo. So now there's an opportunity to be like, oh, now I can spend 50 bucks and get some tokens and actually then do things with them. You know, you can go off to other websites and use Anchor to log into that. Yeah. Um, and then you get started on your adventure through crazy crypto land and <laughs> do whatever it is that sparks your interest. Yeah, it, it's an often requested feature. And uh, I think it, re it really, really does help that that adoption rate. It's something that we'll get questions from users about all the time. And it's something I'm really, really stoked that we're actually going to be able to offer for for people. It is kind of that missing link. It is. And it, the level of difficulty using it's going to vary depending on wherever the user lives, because each country is going to have different requirements to be able to use a service like this. Um, and hopefully we trend in the direction of becoming easier and easier to do that thing. You know, like if you are um, a user that just wants to spend like 50 bucks to buy a handful of NFTs for fun or to a charity or mm -hmm. whatever it may be, um, like the barrier of entry should be pretty low. Um, whether it is based on where you live, that's not up to us. It's not up to banks. It's up to local lawmakers effectively yeah. and the regulations that they impose. But being able to at least provide that path in Unicove um, is one thing we can do. And so that's kind of why we've chosen to work with Banksa. And hopefully that relationship grows into us being able to offer other things um, in that manner. So this is hopefully just the start of both Unicove and this partnership and the improvement in onboarding. It's one big step in onboarding, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's been a big focus for a long time. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Uh, as always, please feel free to uh, support Graymass. You can do so by uh, going on over to GitHub Sponsors. Uh, you can also vote for the Graymass Proxy to support us there. And feel free to reach out with, to us with any questions or suggestions at hello at graymass.com. Uh, if you have any questions or issues with Anchor or Unicode for that matter, or Banksa for that matter, please let us know by emailing us at support at graymass.com or by visiting our support portal at support.graymass.com. Uh, just a real quick reminder that Graymass's partnership with Banksa will launch with a 0% gateway fee promotion for new users for the first two weeks. 
So that means that users who wish to participate and purchase tokens with a credit card will not have to pay any card fees. Well, Aaron, as always, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Of course. And we'll hope to have a new episode out soon. And until then, thanks for listening to Coffee with Gray Mass, and we'll see you soon. Thank you much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll just that's... leave all of this in. This oh, is yeah. the evil. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. For sure.